I have the privilege of introducing Pastor Bob Larson. He was a local pastor in Clinton for a long time, and uh, he since has kind of retired from that and doing a lot of different ministry, but he is here uh, ministering here with Celebrate Recovery. So let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Bob Larson. Morning. Can you hear me? Am I live now? All right. I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. I uh, used to struggle with alcohol, cocaine, smoking doobies. My name is Bob. I uh, want to uh, take a few minutes just to share some uh, about Celebrate Recovery, and then I'm going to share a little bit of my story, and then I'll share some scripture with you, and then I think I got three hours to preach, right? Is that, no? Well, maybe not quite, but anyway, um, I've got some scripture on here. That's the only reason I've got my phone. I don't think I'm all that important or nothing. So, First of all, I wanted to look at, uh, we have our sample of one of our um, studies that we do each week in your bulletin there. And this is the very first uh, lesson that we go through in Celebrate Recovery, and this is on denial. And so we have to uh, learn to quit running from our problems, quit denying them, face them head on, and then we can deal with them and we can recover and we can move forward. That's the whole purpose of Celebrate Recovery is finding hope in the future, forgetting about the past and moving forward in a relationship with Christ. So the first thing we've got to do is realize that we have a role in our, in our situations where we're at. It's our fault and that we can move forward from it. And, I went to the gym the other day and I realized I'm a runner, so I gotta quit running from my problem, not physically running, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm a runner, I, I run from my problems, I run my mouth sometimes, sometimes I run late, uh, sometimes I uh, run amok, I don't even know what that means, but I guess I probably do it. But. So we, we have to quit running from our problems and face them head on, that's what Celebrate Recovery is all about. So the denial, Worksheet, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to kind of give you a little review just to kind of give you a little highlight of what Celebrate Recovery is all about. And as uh, Bonnie shared, we do some worship to begin with, and then each week we do a lesson or we have a testimony like Mike's testimony here of, of what God's doing in people's lives and how Celebrate Recovery through or how a relationship with Jesus Christ through Celebrate Recovery can help us move forward in our lives. So. So denial is looking at how we need to uh, face our problems, and that's hard to do. So denial, and, and Celebrate Recovery is famous for having their uh, acrostics. Each letter stands for something. So, you know, denial, the D, the E, the N, they all stand for something. So you can look at that worksheet there. But denial, it disables our feelings and freezes our emotions. If we keep living in denial, we can't face the issue and get better, right? The scripture says you can't heal a wound by denying its existence. And when I think about that, I had a little scratch on my hand once. I was working on my car, and I'm not a mechanic. so. But I scratched it, and I just kind of ignored it, got grease in there. and I washed it up a little bit, and I just didn't worry about it. I thought, well, it's going to heal. And then it starts getting a little bit worse, and then you know how it gets a little pus. And then it gets, you know, I kept washing it, and finally I thought, well, I'll go to the doctor, and they gave me some antibiotics, but that didn't work, so I just kind of ignored it, and eventually I got to where my hand was swollen about like a softball. I could just barely even wiggle my fingers, and they had to cut it open, do all, all kinds of things to it. But as long as I, and I spent three days in the hospital on IV antibiotics, so I kept denying it, 
But if I had just addressed the issue in the first place and took care of it properly, I wouldn't have had the issue. And so that's how our issues are a lot of times in our life. We deny them. We just push down those emotions and we just ignore it and we just live in denial. And it, but it, it just keeps festering. It never goes away. And so in Celebrate Recovery, we face those issues so that we can get healing and recovery through Christ. So the, the E is energy that's lost. We, when we uh, put down, uh, push down those emotions, they lead to fear, anxiety, worry, anger. And a lot of those things bubble up because of those emotions that we're hiding. So we just need to face it. It negates growth. It stops us in our tracks. And his famous celebrate saying is, we're only as sick as our secrets. And so we need to face those things. Isolates us from God. We try to protect our secrets at all costs. So we, we live in isolation a lot of times when we have these, these past issues that we don't want to face. We, we try to avoid people that may bring them up. And we try to, you know, hinder our relationship with God because he may convict us of it. And, and so it, it causes a isolation. And so... And then it alienates us from our relationships and lengthens the pain. As long as we keep denying it, it keeps uh, strengthening out our, our, uh, the pain that we feel. So denial tells us that we are getting away with it when really we're not. It's just bubbling and boiling down there, and eventually it's going to come out. Sometimes with addiction, sometimes we drink to hide those emotions, sometimes we use drugs, sometimes we find relationships, spending money. There's all kinds of things. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups is what Celebrate Recovery calls it. It's not just about alcohol addiction or drug addiction. Celebrate Recovery helps people heal from their hurts, habits, and hang-ups, all walks of life. And so uh, Jesus is our higher power as long as we stop running from our problems. And I want to read uh, what higher power is in the Webster Dictionary because this kind of threw me away a little bit. It, Webster's, it calls the higher power a spirit or being, and then in quotes, such as God, that has great power, strength, knowledge, etc., and can affect nature and the lives of people. And so who else is there but God that can affect all of those things? So... We, in Celebrate Recovery, our higher power is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as uh, I've been sober now for 26 years, so there's hope. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. I spent about 20 years of my life either drunk or high, and finally came to the realization that I needed a change, and I was flying to Las Vegas on an airplane, going out there to partake of everything Las Vegas has, and I, I felt God tugging on my heart that day, and I didn't have a Christian upbringing. I hadn't been to church. I didn't know about Jesus or the Bible much about it, you know, just what I heard. And I believed there was something out there. I just didn't know what it was. So when this voice kept calling me, you know, give me your life, and I said, oh, all right, God, I'll do that someday. I don't want to go to hell, but not today, you know. I, I got some plans, God, maybe someday. But God kept working on my heart, and finally I said, okay, and I gave him not only my sins, which he took away, but I gave him my life. And from there, called into ministry and to follow his will and, and just uh, to find out all I could about my relationship with God and what he was all about and who he was and began to serve him ever since then. And so uh, that was 26 years ago, and I've been sober since. So for uh, the message today, I want to look at uh, John 3.17 is going to be our scripture for today. And I want to talk about hope. 
And, you know, there's, there's always hope. As long as you're still alive, and I think everybody here is, there's still hope. There's hope for the future. There's hope for tomorrow. We can't change the past. It's done. What's done is done. We've already done it. Now, maybe we can make amends if God wants us to, but we can't change that past. It's already done. And we don't know about the future. We can plan for the future, and that's okay to make plans and stuff, but we, we may not even have tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. So all we've got, the, got is today to make the changes in our life and to live for Christ. We have the right now is where we're at, and that's what we have. And so uh, we make Jesus Christ our higher power. Luke 3.16, and I got that in the King James Version. It says, John answered, saying to them all, I indeed baptize you with water. So here they had come to, to John the Baptist, and they said, you know, are you the Messiah? What is this all about? And, and so he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I come at the, la the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so there he was talking about Jesus Christ. He was predicting his coming. And Jesus has came, and he is our higher power. He is our only hope. He is our only future, and he's all that we have. So hope is also a lesson in, in the 12 steps, which I'm not going to do the lesson, but I just kind of want to share some of the scripture that is in that lesson. So uh, our hope is in none other than Jesus Christ. So, um, and we, we put our faith and trust in him, and you're important to God. God created you. God took... The scripture says the egg and the sperm, and he put them together, and he made you just who you are. He knew who you would be. He knew the things that you would do in your life. He knew the good things, the bad things, and he created you to spend eternity in heaven with him. That's his desire for every single person that he's ever made. But then he kind of throws that free will thing in there where we decide whether we want to follow him or not. You know, and so, but it's his desire for all of us to be with him. And so you're important to God. He loves you and he made you to spend eternity with him. And that's what he wants for all of us. And so Hebrews 11.6, it says, Anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, the Celebrate Recovery, they use a lot of different versions. They use the King James, some, and NIV, and the New Living Translation. So there's a lot of different um, versions in here so they may sound a little different than what you're used to but so hope is found in nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness right so our text John 3 17 everybody knows John 3 16 right for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and John 3 17 goes on to say he sent not the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him you might have the eternal, that through him you might be saved. Sorry. And so he sent Jesus Christ not to condemn us, not to make us feel bad, not to lay a bunch of guilt on you, but that through him you could be saved. That's what he wants for every single soul that he ever created was for us to be saved and spend eternity in heaven with him. That's his desire for you. And so there's a little bit more to it, though. If you look at that word saved in the Greek, it's sozo. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not any kind of a Greek, what do you call it, expert or scholar or anything. I, I don't do English good very well. But, you know, so I'm not trying to claim to be an expert. But that sozo word has a 
three different meanings in it. And if you look at the Strong's Concordance, which is where you have to go to find out about the, uh, the Greek, that's the, the book that I go to that has all the information in it. And if I can find it here, I will share it with you if I can't. Okay, so uh, Sozo is, has three aspects, saved, healed, and delivered. So it's more than just being born again. That's part of it. That's the important part of it. You know, you must be born again. No one shall see the kingdom of heaven unless he is born again. And so that's the first part of it. That's our soul. And so uh, did you get born again? Have you been saved or just born again? Saved, healed, and delivered is more than just a born-again experience. That's the first part. We come to an altar of prayer, or, or for me, it was on an airplane. It doesn't have to be at, be at a church, but we just realize that we need God. We say, Jesus, come into my heart. I want to repent and turn away. Forgive me of my sins. And we give him our heart and our life, and that's the start of a walk with Jesus Christ. That's the beginning step. That's the, the baby step. We're born again like a fresh new baby is born. All things become new, old things pass away. So we have to begin to learn things all over again. Learn that uh, some of the things we were taught as kids may be wrong. Some of the things our teachers told her maybe told us, taught us were whatever, <laughs> were an error. You know, some of the things mom and dad said, they may have been kidding or maybe they didn't understand. And so we have to relearn things and God gave us a direction, a path to find all that in his word so that we can begin to grow. So that's the first part. We have to be born again. And, and without that, there is no relationship with God. That's the starting point. And so that's when we come into uh, find that there is hope in him. And so have you invited him in? And that, you don't have to answer that out loud, but that's not, have you asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life? If not, cry out to him now. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I want you. I want a relationship with you. Don't understand it. I, and we can't see it. It's like the... The wind. Have you ever seen the wind? You can see the effects of the wind, like I can see the leaves blowing around, but I can't see the wind. How about love? Can you see love? You can see actions of love. You can see people doing loving things, but love you can't see. Gravity. If I drop this book right here, it's going to go up, right? It's going to float. No, it's going to go down. That's gravity. You can't see it, but yet you believe it, and you can't see God, but yet he's real, and he loves you. And so uh, that's the first part of it. That's the soul. We get saved. And then he also says healed. And so Isaiah 53, 5, it says, by his stripes we were healed. And so he wants to heal us. And, and if, you know, he wants us to be able to serve him and fulfill the purpose that he created us on earth. And so he's going to let us be physically able to do that. And so he's gonna, he can heal our body of all diseases. God's still in the miracle working business. He still can do it. Does he heal every sickness? No, not always. And what God's shown me through, uh, I also bivocational as a pastor, I spent 20 years in full-time ministry, and I spent about 12 years as a nurse. And so I, I got to be by the bedside of probably close to maybe even more than 100 people when they died. And so as a pastor, I've been there. As a nurse, I've been there. And, and God has shown me that death is the ultimate healing. That is the ultimate healing of our body. We get to leave this world and be in his presence. How much better healing can we have than a body with no pain and no tears and no walkers and no wheelchairs and no sickness to be in God's presence forever and the perfect. So God wants to take away our pain 
our hurts, our habits, our hangups, our addictions, and he wants to take all of that away, and in place of that, he wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. That's what God wants for all of you, is peace, joy, happiness, Jesus' presence with you all the time. He wants to control our mind and our emotions and our will. He wants to take over our life. That's what he wants. He wants to have charge of it. Another part of healing is not just the physical part, but the mental part. And, and God has shown me this, this forgiveness thing is very important to God. And, and then there's a lot of scripture to go along with that. Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 3.13, Mark 11.25, Luke 6.37, just to, to name a few. But Matthew 6.14 is very important. That's part of what we call the Lord's Prayer or, or our prayer, God's sample prayer. And he says... Forgive those, or say that God forgives us as we forgive those who have sinned against us, right? Forgive me as I forgive those who have sinned against me. So does that mean that if we have unforgiveness, God won't forgive us? I don't know, it's kind of what it says, but, you know, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to say that God puts a lot of focus and importance on forgiveness. And so he wants us to forgive those who have done us wrong, and I know that that's... Uh, very hard to do, and for some people, they say it's impossible to do, but it's not. It's impossible for us as human in our flesh, but it's not impossible for God to help us. So uh, if we let him give us the forgiveness, he can do it. And, you know, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? Let him take it. That's what forgiveness is in saying it was okay. You know, if somebody did you wrong, somebody abused you, financially, sexually, physically, or whatever. We're not condoning that behavior by forgiving them. We're just turning it over to God. Say, God, you avenge it. You take care of it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm not going to let the stress and the, and the worry and the concern and, and all the sleepless nights thinking about that. I'm not going to let any of that bother me. God, I'm going to turn it over to you. That's what forgiveness is really about. And somebody asked me once, how do I know if I've really forgiven? And I I tell them if you think about the situation and you're hurt or you're mad or you're upset or you still have emotional feelings about it, then you haven't really forgiven. And so Celebrate Recovery helps with that forgiveness. When we look at the fourth step, we take a look at all of our, our past and all the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups and our dick. We take a look at all of that addiction and all the, we take a look at all of that and um, God helps us to let that go and find forgiveness for it because we can't do it on our own. But Celebrate Recovery leads us step by step. Sometimes, and I had a guy once stop me when I was preaching, he says, doesn't God just want, when you get saved, just take away all your hurts and all your addictions and all your pain and all your past and make everything sunshine and butterflies and rainbows in your life? And I said, yes, he wants that. <laughs> but we don't usually get it that way. Usually, we pick up our junk we may give our sins to, to the Lord and get saved, but then we pick up all the baggage and we carry it around with us. And so God wants to set us free from all of it, but yet some of us, it's a process. It's a journey, and Celebrate Recovery helps us on that journey. And then the third part of that is, um, so we're he saved, healed, and delivered, soul, body, and then the spirit, the deliverance part. And, and whether you want to call it, you know, Demons, devils, evil spirits, principalities, powers, your addiction, your disease, your hurt, your habit, or your hang-up, whatever it is, God wants to take that away. And so if he increases in our life, 
those will decrease. It's like a gauge. There, there has to be a balance. But God wants to fill us completely with every aspect of our life, all the power of the Holy Spirit, everything he has for us. He wants to give it to us. And so yet there's uh, problems that bring us down, and we kind of go the other way a little bit, and the devil gets us and attacks us, and we stumble. We, we need to get more of the Spirit and get back, uh, back going. So James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourself. Therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And so, first part of that is submit to God. That means, all right, God, I surrender, right? You give up the universal sign of surrender is put your hands up, right? Somebody sticks a gun, yeah, okay. Put, everybody just put your hands up. See if you can do it. Just say, God, I surrender all. All right. That's what we need to do is just turn it all over to him. That's, that's the submit part. That means if we open up the Bible in our devotions and we read something in there and we say, oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to change, and I'm going to do that. That's submission. We try to follow everything that we know that God wants us to do for him. That doesn't make us perfect because uh, sometimes we're going to fall, but God wants us to uh, submit everything to him. And so I call this the, the trifold salvation, the three-part, the, the full package. And so that's what we all need. We all need saved, healed, and delivered. We need sozo from God, and that's available to everyone today. And so Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we need to repent and turn away from our old ways. Make a change. Do a 180. We're going this way, living for ourselves, living for the world, and we say, Oh, Jesus, come into my heart. Okay, now I'm going to live for you. And turn around and do it his way. And then we can receive the victory. And so part of... Um, Celebrate Recovery, we have to thank you, uh, this church, for allowing that to uh, be a part of your uh, ministry to this community and being able to reach people for Christ and people coming in that would never come to a church service oftentimes. Some of them would never step foot in the church, but they'll come to celebrate and they'll hear about Jesus and the Word of God and maybe get saved and, and then maybe become a part of this church. And, and I know that uh, so, several people have become you know, so you're reaching people for Christ by doing that, by allowing us to come into your church and, and maybe, you know, get the rugs dirty or whatever, you know, and, and, but you're allowing that as part of your ministry, and I thank you for that. And it is touching people, and it's making a difference in people's hearts and lives. And so Celebrate Recovery, people come from all kinds of walks of life. Some people in Celebrate Recovery are rich. Some are homeless. Some come from good family upbringings. Some from being abandoned as a child. Some with good upright standing in the community and, and others that are convicted felons and even murderers. Um, and some that want to serve others by being a part of Celebrate Recovery and some that come to be served. So there's all kinds of uh, people that are a part of Celebrate Recovery. And if you haven't been to a Celebrate Recovery meeting, come try it out. Maybe God can use you to serve others. Maybe you have a hurt habit or hang-up that you need some healing from that you can find some recovery from. So you can come and be a part of it and be blessed. And um, it works if you work it is what they say in AA, right? It works if you work it. It don't if you don't. And so you've got to continue to, to make it a part of your life and continue to make it a, an important aspect. And so uh, most important thing to do is to surrender to him today to... Uh, Ask him to control your life and celebrate recovery, and I'll, I'll conclude with this part of it, but we uh, have a chip system, and 
you know, for celebrate sobriety periods of, you know, three months, six months, one month. And we have a newcomer's chip, which has a threefold purpose. And so everyone who comes to celebrate recovery for the first time, we encourage you to take a blue chip. That means you, you've taken that first step. But also, uh, we also try to, and I think we do a good job most of the time of presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to the, those who are here and an invitation to accept him as their savior. And if they do that, that begins the journey. They can take a blue chip and to uh, uh, signify that fresh start of uh, a new uh, walk in their life. And then some who have been a part of Celebrate Recovery or in recovery for a long time, but they have an issue or a hurt they want to work on and, and they want a fresh start, they can get a blue chip for that and, and work on new issues because we're never going to be perfected in this world. Some of us are pretty close. Well, maybe not. not as, <laughs> but, you know, we're never going to reach that perfection here on earth. Someday we'll be perfect in his presence. But, so it's a, it's a journey. It's a growth. We continue to try to get closer to God every day. We fill that gauge up with all of him and, and less of us. And so um, that's what I got for you today. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for an opportunity to talk about what you've done in my life and what you're capable of doing in the lives of others today, Lord, that you can move in a mighty way, that you can set people free from addiction, Lord, that you can help them to uh, uh, get rid of unforgiveness in their life and anger and bitterness and things like that can all be turned over to you and they can receive the peace and joy they need in their life, Lord. And God, I, I thank you for this church and the ministry that they've been allowed to have here. And God, I can pray you continue to bless them and give them all guidance and wisdom in that too and be able to uh, bring in people through Celebrate Recovery to, to know you better in Jesus' name. Amen.